Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 91, verses 9 through 16. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come from your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Those who you love I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Genesis chapter 14, verses 17 through 24. After his return from the defeat of Kedorlaomer, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shiva, that is, the king's valley. And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord, God most high, maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal thong or anything that is yours, so that you might not say I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing by what the, but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Aner, Eschol, and Mamre. Let them take their share. Romans chapter 15, verses 7 through 13. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good morning and welcome to the 19th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 91, Genesis 14, and Romans 15. And the readings are kind of random. They're hard to follow, Um, not the least of which being the one, that one word, Kedor Leomer, Kedor Leomer, I don't know. Um, But when the first things I noticed was this 
passage um, from the psalm, actually, about lifting uh, angels, command his angels concerning you, guard you in all your ways, and dash your foot against the stone. If that sounds familiar, that's because that is the scripture that Satan quoted to Jesus in his second temptation, I believe. Um, Jesus says, or Satan says, or he takes him, takes Jesus to the top of the temple. And he says, jump down. Uh, because it is written here in Psalm 91 uh, that God will command angels um, and that you know you won't fall and you know cut your foot on the stone. Um, and Jesus says, uh, you don't test the Lord your God. Um, and it, you know, this proof texting of of a psalm. And it, if you if you read it, like Satan didn't exactly take it out of context. I spoke yesterday or the day before about how. Um, you know, the the Bible is both internally diverse and it's also an incredibly unique work within the wider context. Um, and it's difficult to say, it's not impossible, clearly, but it's it's difficult to say that the Bible is all one thing. It's a collection of things. The, the Bible is one in it being a collection, uh, a canon, a list of books that... Um, ancient, uh, our ancestors have determined uh, are are authoritative for our faith, um, and you know sometimes cherry picking can be pretty obvious. You know if you try and use like one verse to justify drinking alcohol to excess or something, of course it's easy to do that. There's plenty of lines taken out of context that will do that. But Satan doesn't actually do that here. The psalm is about God's promises to uh, humankind and to um, the the world. Um, and it's this hopeful thing that starts at least this passage with, you've made the Lord your refuge. You've done right. These are the things that you will receive because you have done right. You know, God will protect you with his legions of angels and you won't cut your foot upon the stone, you know, something as minor as that. Um, and it is a promise that God makes. Um, but Satan takes this one line to try and, well, to test God, not only the Son, but the Father as well. <clears throat> and the, um, you know, the, the uh, it reminds me, frankly, of like when I went to, uh, Israel and Palestine back in 2006, um, uh, it struck me. I did all this reading, and you know, it's uh, it's pretty easy to fall in line behind one of the two parties because one Israel has a whole lot more power and stability and influence, and the other has very little. I mean, incredibly little. Um, but anyway, it. it makes me think of, uh, I've read these books uh, while I was there, um, you know, uh, talking about the conflict and biblically how it plays out. And and these promises that God makes um, are, you know, uh, depending on who you read, 
the promises that you find in the Bible, only a handful of them are actually eternal, like the Noahic covenant of God not destroying the world by flood again. That one is seems to most scholars to be universal and eternal, right? Um, there's no there's no conditions that are set upon it. Um, but the promise of the land, uh, which is used by Israelis and uh, nationalists uh, to say, ah, this this land is ours. It was given to us by God, and it's been ours since you know Abraham, including part of our reading this morning. Um, but many of those promises that God makes to Israel are circumstantial. You know, if you do this, then you'll do this. And just like in our psalm this morning, because you have made the Lord your refuge, no evil, no evil shall befall you. It's not unconditional. It is literally conditional. If you do this thing, then you'll do this. Um, and we take these things out of context to justify things that we want uh, to justify our own interests, often at the expense of others. Um, and when Satan quotes this scripture, he's doing the same thing. He's taking, you know, a piece of something out of, kind of out of context, um, because it's conditional. Uh, it's not some universal promise that, you know, the scripture is not like magic, where it's like, you know, justifies anything and everything and um, you know, we just kind of say, well, Scripture says so, and then, and then we, we rest easy knowing that we can't be disproven. That's not, that's not how it works. Um, Satan wants power and control in this, in, um, goodness, Matthew? No. Romans. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> in Matthew, it's Matthew, I think, 4. Um, he wants power, and he knows that Jesus has power. And so he takes Scripture and uses it in such a way to justify him getting power at someone else's expense. And it's not false. God certainly would protect Jesus if he threw himself off the temple, um, I think. I think. Um, but I can also imagine uh, you know, a world in which because God is being tested, because Jesus has failed his own test, that God is like, okay, you're going to get hurt. Hope you don't break your neck and die. Um, but the, the you know proof texting comes in many forms. Um, it isn't always as blatant as like using one line, you know, in like a psalm or the Song of Solomon to justify covetousness and lust, for example. Sometimes it's much more subtle. Um, Satan is using, in Matthew, Satan uses this passage or this line from Psalm within its context. God, or Jesus has made God the Father his refuge. Um, And if that's true, then no evil shall befall him. Um, But we, one of the the problems with human desires is we mistake um, evil and suffering. They're not the same thing. Because clearly Jesus will suffer. Um, and whether or not that is evil, that is befalling Jesus, is debatable. That's a big theological debate. But um, Jesus knows that suffering will befall him, but evil might not. Um, 
you know, that's the that's the debatable part is is what of say the passion was evil that Jesus suffered, um, and which of it was suffering um, without being evil, because for example, say it's part of God's plan. Um, so we we often do this without knowing. I think Satan knows this. Um, but when we use the Bible to justify our own interests and we we rip out a piece of it to say something it might be saying contingently um, and we want it to say something universally in a way that helps us, that benefits us, uh, it's no different than you know using one line from the Song of Solomon to justify sleeping around uh, that may feel different, maybe more complex, but it's ultimately not a whole lot different. Um, the Bible um, should be, you know, informing us, um, shaping us. The Bible doesn't belong to us. We belong to the Bible and to God um, and to the, the world in which we were begotten, uh, not the other way around. And proof texting in its many forms, is a form of idolatry. It's a form of trying to be God, to try to set ourselves above that which is rightly above us. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think we always do it intentionally. I think sometimes, you know, we just kind of lose sight of what it means to be humble and to be um, followers of Christ rather than, than leaders. A prayer for victims of addiction from the Book of Common Prayer. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.